You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hey, Hollywood, we're taking another trip to the movies with this episode. This episode is all you. You put this in the sheet that we have of all the possible episodes or themes that we might do in the upcoming weeks, months, and years. I went down the list and saw this one, and this one, for whatever reason on that particular day, spoke to me. And I said, you know, that sounds like a good idea, and it sounds interesting to me. And certainly, we've done a lot of episodes on the Grown Up Rock podcast where we've found an article or heard a discussion based on something, and we thought it would make a good episode, basically. So that's what this is. You want to tell the listeners what we're talking about in this particular episode? Yeah, so... It's an article called The 20 Most Frequently Used Songs in Cinema History, and we'll get into the details a little bit later into the episode. But, you know, we love movies. We love music. It's one and the same. You know, when people tell me, well, I don't really listen to music. I'm like, well, you don't watch TV? You don't watch movies? You don't watch commercials? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You don't notice that there's music all over there? You're listening to music constantly. You have no idea that you're not listening to music. Hell, you're at the airport. You're, you're in the elevator. You're listening to music everywhere. Right. So I put the topic in the sheet, but I had not looked at the songs yet. I just clipped it and put it in. And when I looked at the songs, I'm like, really? What movie was that in? And then when I went and did the research, I'm like, it was in that movie. I've seen that movie a hundred times. That song's not in that movie. So I go watch the movie. I watched a couple of these recently and I'm like, oh shit, it is in that movie. I didn't even know. Right. So it, I thought it was an interesting topic because entertainment's entertainment, you know, and, uh, a lot of these songs are popular for a reason. There's a diamond song in here, and it doesn't surprise me because of the movies it was connected to. And I think we've talked about the folks that are our age that are making movies right now that are using songs from hair metal and the 80s. They're putting a stamp on those songs, like the Peacemaker, right? Brought what the what band was that that they brought back? Uh, Wigwam. Wigwam, yeah. So stuff like that, that's going to be in history. And, you know, once it's in a movie, it's there. Dude, you can get it anytime you want. I got movies in here from 1970 that I haven't watched yet. This in my DVD collection, right? So I think that's great. And I've always been interested in that. It's very much in the forefront from our generation that are making movies in Hollywood now because The Flash is on HBO Max now, the new Flash movie. And so I watched that the other night and they had like the cult electric prominently featured in one of the scenes and i was like the cult electric like that's even a deep track and i'm like holy shit and they had a couple other tunes in there that just were like you know classic rock type 
staples and stuff. So I love flipping on something. And if they've used the song well or they've chosen well, I think it makes the scene that much better. I've always said that. Just out of boredom, about a month or two ago, I put together a playlist for myself on Spotify, and I called it Movie Soundtrack Songs. And these are just songs that were in movies that I could remember off the top of my head. I ended up with 146 songs on the playlist. I mean, some of it's deep track stuff, like it's not all Maniac from Flashdance. There's some really, really deep tracks in there uh, that I threw on there that were in movies or prominently featured on soundtracks. So it's definitely fun. Yeah, and it's whether it's the music directors on movies or the music directors at sporting events, they're all in our age bracket. And all those songs are being played right now. And uh, I love it. Hell, whoever's the music director for NBC or CBS or Fox for NFL, I told you that Super Bowl, I heard the winery dogs one day. I'm like, holy cow, they're playing Elevate on the way out of a Super Bowl commercial. I'm like, what is going on? So I think it's great. Yeah, that's how a new generation learns for sure. It's time for the Crank It Up Music Spotlight. Okay, so on tonight's Crank It Up Spotlight, we are going to feature the band Danko Jones from Canada. So we haven't talked at all about Danko Jones. This is more the band that shows up over there at our counterparts, Cobras and Fire. But Danko's got a few things that I've heard that I like. I'm not totally familiar with this stuff, but he's got a new record coming out uh, that was released on September 15th. It's called Electric Sounds. Danko Jones features Danko Jones on vocals and guitar, John Calabrese on bass, and Rich Knox on drums. Check this one out. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? So I've tried Danko Jones several times. Dude, I don't get him. I've heard several people, including the Cobras and Fire guys, about Danko Jones. And I'm like, all right, let me go try some stuff. And I've tried some stuff in the past. And I'm just hunting and pecking. And I'm not landing on anything 
that's made me say these guys are great. Even on this thing, I tried the other song, Good Time, that was on the same single. That was meant to me too. So I think I need a true blue Danko Jones fan to send me 10 or 12 songs that maybe I would be interested in to give it a shot because any hunting and pecking I'm doing isn't working because I don't get them. Yeah, I do think that you need to hear the right stuff. So there's something that just doesn't 100% connect with me. However, I like this song. It's very, you know, riff-oriented, ACDC kind of feel, meat and potato sound, groove. I like the lyrics. I like the sort of angst in the song. I dig it, but I've heard other stuff that just doesn't connect with me. So it's hit or miss for me. There's a handful of songs on the last two, three records that I like. But that's as far as my knowledge of Danko Jones goes. So uh, I've heard the Cobras and Fire guys talk about, I think Wildcat is a really good record for them. They like that one a lot. But he's still out there. This is his 11th album. And I guess Danko Jones is the name of the band. That's also the individual Uh, So I think it's more of a band situation than it is a solo act, but that's the impression I get from Denko Jones. Please make sure you hit that follow button to subscribe to Growing Up Rock Podcast so you don't miss an episode. On to the main topic, the 20 most frequently used songs in cinema history. So the article is a 2023 article from a website called Far Out Magazine. And what they did was they went to a website called TuneFind, so it's T-U-N-E-F-I-N-D, and used the data to publish this article. Now, I went to TuneFind. I got some data from there, too. I would tell you it would be near impossible to research every movie to figure out what song got played where. There's a bunch of independent films. You know, there's no data that's really going to be definitive. Even when I looked at Tune Fine, I'm like, well, I know this song was in this movie, went to that song, and they didn't have it listed. I don't know where they get their data. Obviously, what they have is accurate, but it's not complete, right? So it's not definitive. So how Far Out Magazine kind of got this 20 most frequently used songs, I'm not sure, but we're just going to go with their list. The other thing is, a lot of times, these movies and their musical directors or whoever is in charge of the music... They use a cover version, which I think confuses people, right? So if TuneFind is using, let's say, Spotify to identify what the song is, but it's a cover version, so they can't identify to the song because it's made by somebody in their garage, that's why they're missing on some. And I don't know why the movie guys do that. I don't know if it's to skirt publishing rights. I don't know if it's to make the track more modern. More modern probably sounds right, but you know, I'm sure there's directors out there that don't want to pay Malcolm Young, his money. So they just use one of his songs when they feel like it. I don't know. What do you think about that? It's hard to say. I mean, how do you gather all that information? There's ridiculous amounts of data out there. And a lot of it is happening before people even really have started capturing data, right? Yeah. I just think that that's almost an impossible thing to do, especially as it pertains to music and movies. Yeah, and there is a possibility, Now I don't know this for sure, but like when you check a song by, we'll just pick Madonna, like a virgin in any movies, right? So you type in Madonna, and then it'll show you the songs and how many hits it had in TVs and movies on that website. And then the songs are in alphabetical order, so you get to like a virgin. And then it'll say, like a virgin off the actual album. Then there'll be a version off the Immaculate Collection. Then there'll be a version off the soundtrack. So it's possible that a bot 
is checking all these movies to pick it out and using either Spotify or Apple Music to bounce off what record it came off of. But when it can't figure out who did the cover version, the bot can't pick it up because it's not on Apple Music or on Spotify. So the bot can't pick that up. It's possible. And that's a new trend. I don't know if you've noticed in a lot of TV shows now, current ones, more so than movies, but there's probably some movies out there, but a lot of TV shows these days will use cover versions of songs. A lot of what I hear is like coffee house renditions of a particular song, like Smells Like Teen Spirit done by some coffee house acoustic singer, things like that. I hear that all the time, especially in like the CW and the, I'll call them tween shows, you know, where it's like young adult type shows, they'll have those versions in there. I assume somebody's getting paid. Somebody still owns the rights to the song, so somebody got to get paid, but they probably don't have to pay as much. I just thought of something. One, some of that makes sense because it fits what they're doing. So they like the lyrics of the song that the person was thinking about, but the version that they have doesn't meet what they need for the screen. So they have somebody do it. Okay, that makes sense. I wonder if there's others like, let's say, and I'm spitballing here. I don't know this for sure, but let's say... Uh, Rick Springfield, I've done everything for you. So if they use Rick Springfield's version, both Sammy and Rick gets paid because the public is set up via songwriting and performance royalty. But if they use Sammy's version, they don't have to do that because they only have to pay Sammy. And if they use a cover version, then they only got to pay Sammy, but they don't got to pay Rick. So maybe it's stuff like that. Who knows? I don't know. You know who has some insight that's interesting? And I kind of forgot about it before I was on his podcast recently and we got talking is Alex Alt. He deals with a lot of that stuff. Oh, okay. Well, next time he's on, maybe we'll remember to ask him. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, so the 20 songs. Here we go. 20th on the list of the 20 most frequently used songs in cinema history is CNC Music Factory, Gonna Make You Sweat, Everybody Dance Now. So originally this was released in 1990 on an album called Gonna Make You Sweat. The song was sang by a lady named Martha Wash. She does kind of the, the hook in it, and rapper Freedom Williams does the rest. It was written by Robert Clivelez and Frederick B. Williams, who I'm assuming is Freedom Williams. This song was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in February of 1991. Now, some of the movies this song was included in were Ticket to Paradise, which just came out in 2022. Great movie. George Clooney. Awesome movie. Jarhead, 2005. I've never seen that movie. Old School, 2003. Dude, that movie's a classic. Uh, the Incredible Burt Wonderstone from 2013. I was actually in Vegas when they were recording that at one of the casinos. Uh, Superstar in 1999. Man of the House in 1995. The Boss from 2016. And The Replacements, which is that football movie with Keanu Reeves, which is a great movie, in 2000. Good song. Doesn't, it doesn't surprise me this made the list. It doesn't surprise me. It actually surprised me that it's number 20 and not further up. Man, this song's on a lot of shit. And also, in case you didn't hear him say it, this is just some of the movies that it was featured on. They're featured on a whole lot more movies than what uh, Sonny just ripped off. But it's one of those songs. It's a lot like that um, Hardaway song that... What is love? Yeah, what is love? Like, these two songs are very similar in my head uh, in terms of just, oh, my God, not this fucking tune again, you know? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No, I love that song. Yeah, you can't even do it without the Roxbury freaking (laughs) head twitch thing. It drives me nuts, man. Um, And by the way, when I share some of the movies that these songs have been in, I'm not sharing any of the TV because there's a bunch of TV stuff. I'm not sharing any of the commercials. There's a bunch of stuff that we left out because, you know, we ain't got all day. 19th on the list, the Isley Brothers, It's Yo Thing, Do What You Want to Do, released in 1969 on an album called It's Our Thing, written by Ron Isley, O'Kelly Isley Jr., Rudy Isley, which probably makes sense. It reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100 in May 3rd of 1969. Could not beat out that great song, Aquarius, by the Fifth Dimension. (laughs) Wow, that is old school right there. Over 60 artists have covered this song over time. Some of the movies that It's Your Thing was in, The Tender Bar from 2022, I haven't seen that movie. The Boss Baby from 2017, Sausage Party, that stupid movie, from 2016. The Witches from 2020, Pride from 2007. And Big Mama's House 2, which was a great movie from 2006. Dude, this song is probably played at every wedding, too, I would think. Why do you think that's a wedding song? It's very danceable. Like afterwards, like at the reception, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. Come on. You know, that's a dance song right there. Look, I love this tune. I just can't necessarily say that I've heard it at weddings. Celebration? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but, uh, and I even added Spinning Gold. 
uh, released in 2022 to your list because I recently watched that a month or so ago, Spinning Gold about Casablanca Records, right? And they had the Isley Brothers and this song. And there's a whole piece in the movie about this song and the Isley Brothers. I hadn't heard the song in so long, but when I saw it on the movie, I was like, oh, God, I love this freaking tune. I went right out and added it to my uh, like drive time road trip playlist because I dig this tune a lot. Yeah, after I heard Prince first, because I'm an MTV kid, and then when you go backwards and you hear some of the Temptations and the Isley Brothers and even the Gap Band, James Brown, some of these guys were doing like some of those funk tunes. I'm like, oh, my God, this is what Prince grew up with. And this is why he sounds the way he sounds. And it's some great music, no doubt. Yeah, I like the R&B stuff myself. Uh, I really, really love the funk. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get the funk, baby. <laughs> it's your thing. Do what you want to do I can't tell you Who to sock it to It's your thing Do what you want to do I can't tell you Who to sock it to If you want me to love you Maybe I'll wait Believe me, woman It ain't no big deal all right, number 18 on the list. We ain't funky with this one. Billy Squire, The Stroke. So, as most people know, released in 1981 on an album called Don't Say No. The Stroke, Don't Say No. It's 2023. Maybe that doesn't go too good, but whatever. Um, written by Billy Squire, topped out at number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100. Here's some of the movies it was in. Billy Madison, 1995, great movie. Blades of Glory, 2007. If you haven't seen that movie, that's fun. No Hard Feelings in 2023. Where the Millers. Woo! Jennifer Aniston doing that strip tease in the warehouse. Woo! If you ain't seen Where the Millers, you may want to see that one. The Longest Yard, 2005, which was a great movie. Larry Crown, 2011. 30 Minutes or Less in 2011. And Why Him, which was a great movie from 2016. So this has been in a bunch more movies too, but it's a good song. What do you think about that one? Yeah, it's a great song. And people have like sampled the shit out of this song amongst other Billy Squire songs. But I know that it was in, oh God, what was the damn name of that movie? They did a remix of The Stroke and paired it with some rapper in, oh, Toy Soldiers, I think was the name of the movie, actually. It was like uh, animated soldiers. I don't remember the basis of the movie i just remember i didn't love the movie but uh there it's on the soundtrack like the stroke remix or something is horrible stick with the original <laughs> yeah <laughs> Number 17 on the list, we got The Temptations with My Girl. So, released in 1964 on an album called The Temptations Sing Smokey, because this was written by Smokey Robinson and Ronald White. And if you don't know anything about The Temptations, this was the first song that David Ruffin did lead vocals on. 
number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1965. So it's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, my Girl and My Girl 2 right off the – well, that probably makes sense. Hardcore Henry from 2016, The Game Plan, which was a great kids movie from 2007. The Big Chill, 1983. So this has been hit and miss all over the place. Daddy's Home, 2015, which was a great movie. And Mannequin from 1987. This is a karaoke staple for some people. My Girl's a good song, huh? I love Mannequin. Hey, is that movie Hardcore Henry a porno? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it, but it certainly sounds like a porno movie, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> All right. At number 16 on the list of 20 most frequently used songs in cinema history is Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On, originally released in June 73 on an album called Let's Get It On, written by Marvin Gaye and Ed Townsend. This was a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100, and it's a diamond selling song all time. Probably does not surprise you because there is a lot of sex scenes, especially in comedies that have this song playing in the background. Some of them include Austin Powers, A Spy Who Shagged Me, great movie from 99, movie called Life from 2017, Frankie and Alice from 2014, The Game Plan again from 2007, Blades of Glory again 2007, Something's Gotta Give from 2003, that was a good movie, Nine Months, 1995, and Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo from 1999. What a great movie. And some of these movies will make a repeat as I'm talking about it because like Blades of Glory and the Game Plan, I think what they'd ended up doing was go find this article and use the whole thing. <laughs> I loved Deuce and Deuce 2. <laughs> they were both fun <laughs> movies. Number 15 on the list, we have House of Pain with Jump Around. So released in May of 92 on an album called House of Pain. If you don't know this, Ice Cube was initially offered this song because it's written by Lawrence uh, Muggerud, who I think is DJ Muggs, and this guy named Eric Schrode. They offered it to Ice Cube, and he's like, no, thanks. I don't want the song. Yikes, because it went to number three on the Billboard Hot 100. The two songs that could not beat. Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough by Patti Smythe and Don Henley, which that's a wonderful song. And End of the Road by Boys to Men, which, okay, House of Pain does not deserve to beat those two songs. So it was probably properly placed. Some of the movies it's been in, Bridget Jones' Baby from 2016, War Dogs from 2016, which was an awesome movie, Central Intelligence 2016, dude, Kevin Hart is hilarious in that movie, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot from 2016, The Internship from 2013, great movie, Happy Gilmore, 96, Mrs. Doubtfire from 93, Ticket to Paradise we already talked about from 2022, Jack Reacher from 2012, Ice Princess from 2005, Black Hawk Down from 2002. So, I think this song fits well in all scenes that just need to get people pumped up. Like, I don't know if this was like an office Christmas party, but there would have been a perfect song for a movie like that. So, yeah, let me get this straight. Ice Cube, original NWA member, straight out of Compton, baby. He turns down, jump around, and a bunch of white Irish guys took it and made it their own. <laughs> That's right. 
All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works. Number 14 on the list. Now, I'm going to share what this song is, and you're going to say, what? And then we're going to play a clip, and you're going to go, oh, I know that song. Booker T and the MGs with a song called Green Onions. So, initially released in July of 1962, written by Booker T. Jones, Steve Cropper, Louis Steinberg, and Al Jackson Jr., and it is considered one of the most popular instrumental rock and soul songs ever. That's most likely why you don't know it, because you can't remember a melody. Topped out at number three, an instrumental topped out at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in September of 1962. It could not beat out Ramblin' Rose by Nat King Cole. Okay, that probably makes sense. And number one on that date was Sherry by the Four Seasons. And both of those songs, most people can probably remember. And here's a song at number three that you probably can't remember. Movies it's been in. The Quiet One from 2019. American Graffiti from 73. X-Men First Class from 2011. Glory Road from 2006. It was in Happy Gilmore. It was in that great movie Get Shorty from 1995. The Sandlot 1993. And Legend in 2015. Did you remember this song? Did you know it was called Green Onions? So here's what I'll tell you about Green Onion and Booker T and the MGs. I knew the song title. I knew Green Onion. But I did have to refresh my memory, and I had to go listen to a clip of it. And as soon as I heard, like, the first three notes, I was like, oh, yeah, that's this tune. We went to the Stax Museum in Memphis. Booker T and the MGs is a big part of Stax Museum in Memphis. Not only that, the one movie you didn't mention, which is probably the most famous movie for this shit, is the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers movie. Like, this song is all through the Blues Brothers movie and Booker T and the MGs. And this type of music is, it's everything that is the Blues Brothers. So, what can you say about it that hadn't already been said? If you're a fan of that type of music and the Blues Brothers, then this is just automatic for you. Number 13 on the list, we have Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. So originally, this song was released in May of 82 on an album called Eye of the Tiger, written by Frankie Sullivan, Jim Petterick, and it was number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So what's interesting here is it was recorded because Stallone asked them to record a song for him because he went to Queen first, asked to use another one, Bice to Dust, and they said, no, you can't use it. Because they were probably looking at it as, dude, what this B-movie? What is this B-movie bullshit? Nobody's going to watch this thing. I think they missed out there, too. 
<laughs> I'm sure Survivor's thanking him all day. Uh, Song was nominated for a Grammy Award in 1983 for Song of the Year. Lost to Willie Nelson's Always on My Mind. Oh, well. So, what's interesting about Eye of the Tiger? Survivor in 2012 had to go to Mitt Romney, who's a Republican, told him to stop using Eye of the Tiger at his campaign rallies. Same year, they sued Newt Gingrich for doing the same thing and because he was running for president. And, of course, Newt is also a Republican. And then in 2016, four years later, they had to go tell Mike Huckabee to stop using it at his campaign rallies. And what do you know? Huckabee is a Republican, too. I'm assuming both Frankie and Jim are on the other side, maybe. And they're like, how come nobody on the other side wants to use this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so backing up just a minute, I don't know that Queen would have dissed the invitation to Rocky Three based on it being a B-movie because, I mean, those first two Rockies were pretty damn huge. So we're at the third one. So uh, I think it was probably something different. Maybe they didn't want to appeal to that particular audience. You know, I don't know what the situation is with that. But I will tell you that when I saw this in the movie theater, and I did see it as a kid when it came out, Eye of the Tiger... It was perfect. And for a kid that's, I mean, this is the learning years for me. These are the growing up rock years, 82, my sophomore year in high school. I'm looking for hard rock. I mean, I'm gravitating towards the heavy guitar and this song with the big fat riff in the beginning. I mean, that's right up my alley. So uh, I can tell you that I went out and got this cassette on Scotty Brothers (laughs) (laughs) because, because it had this song on it. Some of the other movies, so it's been in Rocky Three. it was in Rocky Four. it was a Rocky Balboa, Night School, 2018, another great Kevin Hart movie, Shazam, just a few years ago, Kicking and Screaming, 2005, epic movie in 2007, and there was actually a movie called Eye of the Tiger in 1986. I've never seen that movie. I don't know what that movie is. At number 12 on this list of 20 most frequently used songs in cinema history is, believe it or not, one of my wife's favorite songs, and I can't stand this damn song, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I am so burnt on this damn song. Released in March of 85 on an album called Songs from the Big Chair, written by Roland Orzabal, who's the guitarist, and Ian Stanley, who's the keyboardist, and Chris Hughes. It was number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Some of the movies it's been used in The Hunger Games, Catching Fire from 2013, Aloha 2015, Pixels 2015, Saints Row 2 from 2008, Bumblebee from 2018, which is a great movie, Straight Outta Compton in 2015, <laughs> which I think they were trying to show the other side of what Compton was, uh, Watchmen 2009, which is actually a great movie, Real Genius 1985, same movie that has Summertime Girls, and Sky High, which was one of the kids' favorite movies. I've seen Sky High. Man, maybe a hundred times from 2005 because the kids love those movies so much. Are you burnt on this song or are you in love with this song too? 
I'm in love with this song. Oh, God. I can't get enough of this song, no matter how many times I hear it. And probably, I like Sky High, too, and I don't even have kids. but And that's probably why it appealed to people. But probably my favorite out of the movies that you mentioned and my favorite uh, scene for this song is Real Genius. Because yeah. it comes at the end of the movie when the they fill the house with popcorn and it's blowing up the house uh it, it's just a great scene and yeah i just i enjoy that movie quite a bit that's a huge movie from my uh childhood and uh that scene is fantastic the song is fantastic yeah i like it a lot we interrupt this program to bring you a special report look at all the people here tonight oh man I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Eleventh on the list is Wang Chung Dance Hall Days. So this was originally released in 1982 on an album called Points on the Curve, written by Jack Hughes, who's the singer. Peaked at number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100. Some of the movies it was included in, Bumblebee from 2018, Hot Summer Nights from 2018, Deadpool from 2016, which is a great movie. The second one wasn't that great. The first one was. The Fighter 2010, To Live and Die in L.A. from 1985. It was in Bachelor Party 1984, classic movie from our childhood. And I Love You, Philip Morris from 2011, which I finally saw that movie a couple of years ago, and I will label it uh, interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about that movie. And it sounds like I don't need to know anything about it. You don't. You remember this song? It's a good song, right? It is. I actually liked, uh, did you like the movie To Live and Die in L.A.? Yeah, it was okay. I hadn't seen it in ages, but it wasn't too bad. But I actually liked the song Live and Die in L.A., which was also done by Wang Chung. Yeah, I wonder how many songs they had on that soundtrack. I don't really know. I don't think that whole soundtrack was them, though. Oh, no, definitely not. Like I said, I hadn't seen that movie in forever, so I don't know. It's not exactly a party movie, that's for sure. Take your baby by the hand I make you do a high stand And take your baby by the hill And do the next thing that you feel 
We were so in vice And I dance all days We were cool on Christ When I, you, and everyone we knew Could believe, do, sharing what was true I said All right, number 10 on this list. You have heard it at every rock concert that you've ever been to, basically, especially for the last 30 or 40 years. ACDC's Back in Black, released in December of 80 on an album called Back in Black, written by Brian Johnson, Angus Young, Malcolm Young, topped out at number 27 on the Billboard Hot 100. Now, here's an interesting story. So in 84, the Beastie Boys sampled Black in Black without permission, by the way, on a song called Rock Hard. Nothing happens. Everything's fine. In 1999, Beastie Boys wanted to include it on a compilation they were releasing. For some reason, they decide to go get ACDC's approval. (laughs) And Mike D. of the Beastie Boys quoted Malcolm Young's reason was, nothing against you guys, but we just don't endorse sampling. (laughs) But then two years later, the boy band Five sampled Back in Black for their song, Lay All Your Lovin' On Me. So, did they bother to ask Malcolm or Brian or Angus? We won't ever know. But Or does ACDC not like the Beastie Boys? Or does ACDC's lawyers not pay attention to this shit? <laughs> That's possible, too. It seems like there's some money to be made, but I guess when you put out Back in Black, money is of no consequence to you. That's probably true. Some of the movies the song's been in, you've heard it in a ton of movies, but Grudge Match from 2013, Mega Mind, which was a great movie from 2010. Both first Iron Man movies, probably the third one too, if I remember right. Karate Kid that was redone in 2010, uh, The Muppets from 2011, and The Baby Driver from 2017. This thing's been in tons of TV shows, commercials. I think Angus, Malcolm, and Brian were trying to lock it down. Probably Angus was trying to lock it down for a while, and then the minute they hit iTunes, it was... Sell to whoever wants to buy this stuff, I think. Yeah. I mean, one of those Iron Man soundtracks, the whole soundtrack is ACDC. I can't remember whether it's the first or the second one. It's one of the two. But underrated movie, man. If you hadn't seen Baby Driver, that's a great movie from 2017. They use music in that movie really, really well. Hey, everyone. This is Britt Lightning from Vixen, and you're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Crank it up. Ninth on the list, Spandau Ballet, True, ooh, 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 uh, released in 1983 uh, on an album called True, written by Gary Kemp, who was the guitarist. Song topped out at number four on the Billboard 100. It could not beat these three songs, All Night Long by Lionel Richie, which I think is a better song anyway, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, which I think is a better song anyway, Islands in the Stream, Eddie Rogers and Dolly Parton. Whether I think that's a better song or not, it wouldn't matter. It's 1983, and it's Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, and you ain't going to beat them. <laughs> so it wasn't going to get much higher than number four. Some of the movies it was included in, uh, Lost City, which just came out a couple of years ago, The Crudes, A New Age, which is an uh, animated movie, Not Another Teen Movie from 2001, Grind from 2003, Sausage Party from 2016, Pixels from 2015, Hot Tub Time Machine, which is a great movie from 2010, Wedding Crashers, classic movie from 2005, and The Wedding Singer from 1998, another classic movie. This thing was in Modern Family, I saw an episode. This song's been everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a ballad. Do you like that song? 
I do like that song. It's uh, I would consider this song a staple of the 80s sound, you know, yeah. along with bands like ABC, you know, that type stuff, right? It's kind of that um, British, British pop. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Eighth on the list, The Turtles Happy Together, originally released in January of 1967 on an album called Happy Together, written by Alan Gordon and Gary Bonner, did hit number one on the Hot 100. Some of the movies it's been in, movie called Abandoned from 2022, 27 Dresses from 2008. If you've never seen 27 Dresses, it is a great date movie. It is a really cool movie if you've never seen it. Uh, The Angry Birds 2 from 2019, Minions from 2015, great movie. Uh, Austin Powers, 1997, Muriel's Wedding from 95. It was in The Spy Who Shagged Me in 99, and Freaky Friday on 2003. I'm assuming you don't have any hate for this song. It's a pretty happy song, right? I mean, look, is there a person alive that's never heard this song? <laughs> this is pretty much everywhere, anywhere, on any playlist. I mean, hot tip, Austin Powers, also a great date movie. <laughs> <laughs> 27 Dresses, it's a more of a romantic comedy. Austin Powers is a romantic comedy spoof. <laughs> I know, that's kind of the joke, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're good movies. Seventh on the list of 20 most frequently used songs in cinema history is Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. So, released in November of 78 on an album called The Best of Earth, Wind, and Fire, Volume 1, which I'm surprised it wasn't on another album, but I couldn't find it. Uh, Written by Al McKay, Maurice White, and Allie Wills. Topped out at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Hell, Coles used it. We used it last year in TV promo spots and just changed September to December and used it in a commercial. Obviously, you know, we were on the up and up. We paid the guys that are supposed to be paid. Uh, some of the movies the song was used in, Barbershop, The Next Cut, which all the Barbershop movies are hilarious. That was from 2016. Uh, Polar from 2019, Last Vegas, which was a great movie from t- 2013. I guarantee you like those stupid Ted movies. Ted 2, both of those movies are just horrible. Classics. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Traffic from 2018, Night at the Museum from 2006, great movie. Sold Food from 97. Trolls 2016 and The Nice Guys from 2016, which you've never seen The Nice Guys. That's also a great movie. How do you not like a smart ass talking teddy bear? Oh, <laughs> dude, that movie, uh, Marky Mark in that movie is oh, just horrible acting. Like the teddy bear acts better than Marky Mark does. Dude, that stuff made me crack up. You're taking it too seriously <laughs> if you didn't like that movie. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, man, of course. I got the box set of Earth, Wind, and Fire, which basically has everything. It's fantastic. Love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love the earlier stuff more so than the last end of it, but there's some good stuff in the last end of it as well. Yeah, because they went from like funk, and then they went kind of into disco, mm-hmm. right? Then they went from disco to kind of pop, 
And then yeah. it was the 80s and they were pretty much done. But Yeah, part of the disco and the switch over to the pop is where they kind of lost me. But the earlier funky R&B, yeah, that's fantastic. Sixth on the list, one of my wife's favorite songs, Young MC Bust a Move, released in 89 on an album called Stone Cold Ryman, written by Marvin Young, who is Young MC, Matt Dyke, and Michael Ross, topped out at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. Some of the movies this song was in, Barbershop, uh, Uncle Buck, Dude, Where's My Car from 2000, C-Spot Run from 2001, Grind, You, Me, and Dupree, which was a... It's a little bit of a cult classic from 2006. The Blind Side from 2009, 17 Again from 2009, The Perks of Being a Wallflower from 2011, and one of my favorite movies of all time, Young MC actually did a cameo performing the song in the movie, Up in the Air, 2009. Absolutely love that movie. Easily seen it a hundred times. Is that Up in the Air movie? Is that the one with the dog, the golden retriever? No, dude, that's, that's something else. No, Up in the Air is George Clooney. And his job is to go around and fire people? No, I don't think I've seen that. So it doesn't have Shaq in it then? No, hell no. Shaq <laughs> is going to be in one of my favorite movies of all time, you jackass. <laughs> I had to ask. That's why I was saying, really? You like up in there that much, huh? All right. Good for you. <laughs> bust a move, baby. You ain't seen me until uh, you've seen me bust a move. Someone could cure your lonely condition Looking for love in all the wrong places No fine girls, just ugly faces From frustration, first inclination Is to become a monk and leave the situation But every dark tunnel has a light of hope So don't hang yourself with a celibate rope New movies showing, so you're going Could care less about the five you're blowing Theater gets dark just to start the show Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row She's dressed in yellow, she says hello Come sit next to me, you fine fellow You run over there without a second to lose And what comes next? Hey, bust the move. Fifth on the list, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock with It Takes Two. Released in 88 on an album called It Takes Two, written by James Brown. I had no idea James Brown had a hand in writing the song. And Robert Ginyard topped out at number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100. Some of the movies this song's been in, Spies in Disguise from 2019, Bumblebee from 2018, The Disaster Artist from 2017, Iron Man 2, Love and Basketball from 2000, The Proposal from 2009, which is a great movie, Coyote Ugly from 2000, which, whew, that is not a date movie, and you definitely want to watch that movie, 
and Don't Mess with the Zohan from 2008, which also is not a date movie. <laughs> you remember this song. I know you're not into a lot of like the hip hop, but you got to admit this song's pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's not one of my more favorites. Like, I prefer stuff like Bust a Move to It Takes Two, but I mean, I know the song pretty well. Fourth on this list, if I told the listeners that the fourth song on this list is Spirit in the Sky and asked people, who is that song by, you guys are going to have to say, you have no idea because I didn't have an idea. Norman Greenbaum, I still don't know who the hell that is, released in January of 70 on an album called Spirit in the Sky. It was only written by Norman Greenbaum, so whoever that is. The song went to number three. Here's the two songs that couldn't beat out. And there's probably 500 songs from 1970 that couldn't beat out these two songs. Number two was ABC by the Jackson 5. And number one was Let It Be by the Beatles. Poor Norman Greenbaum (laughs) released this song in the wrong damn year. Because there was no way he was going to beat those two songs. This song has been on tons of movies. I listed a few. Uh, the Founder, which was that McDonald's movie from 2017. I, Tanya from 2017. It was in Suicide Squad. And Mr. Wright, both from 2016. It was in Guardians of the Galaxy from 2014. It was on Ocean's Eleven, great movie from 2001. Remember the Titans from 2000. It was in Apollo 13 from 95. Wayne's World 2 from 93. And a cult classic, if you have never seen it, from 1990, Miami Blues. Have you ever seen that movie? That was a great movie. I don't remember this one. I know I've seen it, but it must have been for freaking ever since I've seen it. Spirit in the Sky. Did you know it was by Norman Greenbaum? The only reason I knew that is because of the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. I have that soundtrack because I like almost all the songs off of it, this one included. And uh, the way it appears in my music library is by, not by the guardians of the galaxy but by norman greenbaum and that's the only song i have by norman greenbaum so pretty much any period piece movie that uh reflects on the 1970s has this song in it i don't know if it was in it or not but i'm super surprised if it wasn't in forrest gump as well
So top three on this list. Third on the list is Salt and Pepper Push It. So released in 87 on an album called Hot, Cool, and Vicious. Written by Herbie Azer and Ray Davies, by the way, because they used a couple of lyrics from one of Ray Davies' songs, so he got credit. Topped out at number 19 on the Billboard Hot 100. Some of the movies this was in, Father of the Bride from 2022 when they remade it, What Men Want from 2019, which was an answer to the movie What Women Want, Boo 2 <laughs> Made a Halloween, which was actually a pretty funny movie from 2017, Endless Love from 2014, Something Borrowed from 2011, Hot Tub Time Machine again, 10 Things I Hate About You from 99, which is a great movie, uh, Second Act from 2018, and uh, The King of Staten Island from 2020, which I haven't seen. Uh, salt and Pepper Push It, I'm assuming that is not on your playlist. <laughs> I don't hate that song. I mean, Salt and Pepper, come on. Y'all love your little Salt and Pepper. But uh, if you haven't seen The King of Staten Island, it's probably worth the watch. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's out there on Prime, and I, it might even be on Netflix. I don't know. But it's worth the watch. I would say that. It's with uh, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. It's kind of like one of those dramedies basically serious but comedy as well here's something interesting to ponder ray davies has probably made more money off of salt and pepper and van halen than he has the entire kinks catalog that most likely is true <laughs> i mean i shit you not right he's got a song on a diamond certified record he has this one on salt and pepper he's got where have all the good times gone on Diver Down, five million sold? You know, they didn't pay him a flat fee. And I'm assuming that he had a hand in writing all that stuff. Yeah, because I can tell you, he didn't make no money from Come Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did probably make something off that. That was on MTV all the damn time. All right. Second on the list, Queen and David Bowie, Under Pressure, released in 81 on an album called Hot Space, written by Queen and David Bowie. If you remember, Vanilla Ice tried to steal the bass line without paying them. That didn't work out too good. Song topped out at number 29 on Billboard Hot 100. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby was a number one song, so they made money on that one too. Some of the movies the song's been in, After the Sun from 2022. Of course, the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody from 18. Happy Feet 2 from 2011. Atomic Blonde, which is an awesome movie from 2017. One of my favorite movies of all time, Gross Point Blank from 97. Minions in 2015, The Heartbreak Kid from 2007. I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, which was a great movie from 2007. We said The Ice Princess before in another one. And I just saw this movie last night, 40 Days and 40 Nights, which was a great movie from 2002. Just saw it last night. That's the first time you've seen that? No, I. it's probably been second or third time, but it's been a long time since I saw it. All right, and number one on the list of the 20 most frequently used songs in cinema history is My Man Kept Brett Michaels and Poison from Ever Being Number One. MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This, 
released in 90 on an album called Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, written by Stanley Burl, who is MC Hammer, James Johnson, who is Rick James, and Alonzo Miller, topped out at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. This song has been in tons of movies, including a couple of Transformers movies, Grown Ups 2, Sandy Wexler, White Chicks, Furious 7, Shark Tale, uh, Honey 1 and 2, The To-Do List, The Proposal. It's been on tons of movies, and it's probably getting played a lot at wedding receptions, except for the one Steven's at, I guess, Um, because I don't know what songs they're using. But uh, we've talked about this song before, none of the hate on this song. I mean, this song is so popular that what a lot of the listeners don't know, and I'll give them behind the scenes look at this, is this both Sonny and I carry around a sample of this. And at any given point, we'll pull it out of our pockets and it'll say, can't touch this. And that's it. (laughs) It doesn't say anything else, but it says can't touch this. And so, yeah, you might be having a conversation with me or Hollywood uh, just out in the wild there. And uh, don't be surprised if in the conversation we whip that out and say can't touch this. It's part of our thing. And we don't pay any royalties because we're rebels like that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Hey, Hollywood, you know what time it is. Let's connect it to KISS. So for the Kiss Connection, according to this website we're talking about, Tune Find, 42 different Kiss songs have made a total of 84 appearances in movies and TV. Some of the ones that were used in movies include Detroit Rock City, which was used in The Dilemma, Paul Blart Mall Cop, which is a great movie, Role Models, Love Gun, which was also used in Role Models, Rock and Roll Night, which was used in Dazed and Confused from 93, Role Models, The Nice Guys, Why Him? But we're going to go with one off-the-wall usage. So used in this terrible movie, brutal movie, called Magic Mike from 2012. But they used a great Kiss song. I don't know why, but they decided to use Kiss's version of Calling Dr. Love. Here you go. Sonny doesn't like that movie is because he tried out for the movie and they shot him down. They said, bitch, please. Yeah, they said, no fat guys allowed. That's what they said. (laughs) (laughs) He had the ice cream dribbling all down his belly and shit. It was not the prettiest sight in the world. All right. How's everybody feel? So anyway, that's a top 20 list, like we said before we started. There is no definitive list. 
Uh, there's no way there could be one. There's people making movies on their iPhones right now that people are going to see that are using music. Like, there's no way to figure out where all these songs are being used at. TuneFind is trying to do a job and trying to gather some of that information. Uh, but I just thought it was a cool article, and I thought there'd be some fun songs to talk about. And there was a couple of rock songs that made an appearance, and that's nice to know. So we did a crossover episode with Brian Davis at Damn Good Movie Memories. Uh, and you guys know Brian, if you've listened to this podcast at all, he's been on many, many times and we've been on his show many, many times. And we did this crossover episode where we did where movies and music collide. And, uh, we covered our favorite scenes to a particular song. You remember that episode, right? That was a great episode. One thing I was thinking of as we did this episode is perhaps at some point in the future, no time soon, but we could revisit just songs in general don't have to necessarily be a classic or iconic movie moment, but songs in general that are in movies or movie soundtracks that we particularly like, especially in the rock world in the 80s where, you know, like king cobra on the iron eagle soundtrack and things like that where there are some good songs out there by some rock bands that aren't necessarily iconic movies or iconic movie moments but might be fun to record in an episode so to speak and there's a lot of rock that was used in horror movies and i'm not much Mm -hmm. of a horror movie fan right so i didn't really get to experience some of that stuff and then there was a lot of rock like used in some really bad movies like the shocker soundtrack is great my god was that movie bad like so it's you know i appreciate the director trying but wow dude no music was going to save that movie yeah exactly so uh this is a great episode this is a fun episode to do and there are a lot of different directions that we can take things but uh as sunny and i both have said in the past we're big fans of movies we're big fans of music obviously the podcast is 98 percent music but there's a lot of times where music and movies intersect in a lot of different ways and we like to do episodes that are based in that world and we'll continue to do so. So I'm pretty sure that anybody that listens to this podcast that is a big music fan is probably almost certainly a movie fan as well. Yeah, no doubt. I don't like all kinds of movies, but I have watched a lot of movies in my lifetime and then I'll meet people that I can't even hold a candle to. Like I know folks that are watching a different movie every day. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow, dude, how do you do that? Like I, I don't even listen to one band every day. There's no band I listen to every single day. Like, I I couldn't do it. Yeah, but if you're looking for a straight-up just movie podcast, go over there and see Brian Davis at Damn Good Movie Memories. Sonny and I both share uh, spots on that podcast quite often, and he does a great job at covering one particular movie a week, usually. So thanks for listening. Keep the feedback coming, and uh, I'll finish it where I started. Anybody wants to send me 10 or 12 Danko Jones songs to try, I will try them. I just not have not heard enough for me to like them. <laughs> and there you have it. Another one in the books. Until next week, see ya. Later. It's time to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Get ready to turn it up.
with the bass, pajamas live in effect, and I don't waste time on the mic with a dope rhyme. Jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump, and I'm here to combine beats and lyrics to make you shake your pants, take a chance. Come on and dance, guys. Grab a girl, don't wait, make a twirl. It's your world, and I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut to move your butt to the dance floor. So yo, what's up? Hands in the air. Come on, say yeah. Everybody over here, everybody over there. The crowd is live, and I will fool this. How about new? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 